What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Footy Fetish, episode nine now, I believe. We're yeah, on episode yeah. nine, nearly to double digits, not that far. Nearly there. Uh, I'm with Mark and Harry. How are you doing, guys? I'm good, good. How are you, how, how are you Harry? I'm very well. How are you, Alfie? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. Good. Just uh, I've got exams coming up, so a bit of exam stress and revision and that kind of thing. Not sleeping very well, but I'm sure it will be worth it. But, um, yeah, I know, isn't it? How have you, how's this been, last week been for you two? Um, oh, yeah, it's just been a bit a bit mental, really. Uh, football's been a lot been, of football. Football's been a bit mental in, in yeah. terms of just the amount of games. Always forget how busy a, a double game week can be and how much planning you've got to do in your fantasy team. So. Oh, God, yeah. Fantasy. I'm actually having a pretty good week, though, this week. Yeah? Yeah, I was 77. So, oh, I think yeah. I'm on like 79, I believe. Nice, nice. Just got Robertson left to play. Oh, 75. Nice. I'm only on 75, but I've still got one, two, three, four players to play. Salah. Oh, damn. I've only got one. <sighs> So yeah, it's doing all right on FPL. Yeah, I'm coming for you, H, for that third spot. <laughs> I've, I've had a similar kind of week points-wise. Yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm 73, but i got two on the bench that's going to come on. Oh, and okay, yeah. But um, Martinez and Grealish got another game as well. Nice. nice. I think I think uh, Liverpool really need a win here against Burnley, don't they? Yeah, that is I also be... need a win for my FPL team to you don't need anything for your no FPL. you're top of the league by quite no. a bit <laughs> alright but I'm worried that Ollie. I'm worried that oh, Ollie... you are the worst kind of leader of the league I know isn't it? <laughs> I'm worried Ollie's going to catch up man so whoever doesn't know Ollie has been on this podcast before he's also in our FPL league and he's currently on let's have a quick look 103 points which is pretty oh damn pretty is he yeah I didn't even so, check. It's That's mad how why... competitive he stayed, considering all the weeks he forgot to change his team. Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, it's I just, it had John, just pure luck he had John Stones in his team. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you probably would have took him out if you remembered to do his bloody team. I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, no, fair enough. Ollie so I'm, I'm hoping to get some okay points just to counteract him getting a big score. Nah, you're going to win a league, man. You're I think you're probably going to win it, to be honest. Unlike Liverpool, who are not now going to win the Premier League, <laughs> <laughs> unless well, you really need to win tonight, as you were saying, if you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna be getting in the, uh, back in the title race, I yeah. suppose. Which is so weird at, to say about Liverpool. At date of recording, Liverpool haven't played yet, so hopefully, yeah. If you're watching or listening to this on Spotify yeah. or YouTube, um, then hopefully Liverpool have won. Yeah, we've got a couple of hours yet till the game kicks off. But I reckon on, Burnley. Burnley at home. <laughs> Burnley at home. I'm sure you'll probably probably get the win there. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some of the football games that have been happening over the last couple of days, though, first. Yeah. Uh, Fulham, Man United last night. Man United obviously now top of the league. Um, somehow. Uh, fair play to Ollie for getting those boys playing. Um, but yeah, it was a bit. It was a weird one, though, yesterday. I don't know. Did any of you guys see the game? I didn't, but I heard Pogba scored... Uh, banger of a goal yeah he did he did score yeah, it was good. isn't it funny how now he's scoring bangers and he's like looking to leave now he's performing well, I don't, well, he's he trying to impress to people now okay. yeah exactly but... I'm assuming he still wants to leave yeah I think he's only he's only putting the work in just to impress other clubs yeah it was Fulham as well yeah. but Fulham looked good like, as well against them like it wasn't like it wasn't uh, an easy game a Man United like dominant show even right down to like the last sort of you know, the dying moments of the game, Fulham 
were going at them. Lots of sheep put an absolute like howler over the bath, which would have been a nice um, a nice equaliser. But yeah, obviously, H, your favourite player in the world, Cavani, equalised for Man United. Apparently, I heard he had a good game. He did have a good well, game. I always rated him. <laughs> last last pod, last episode literally I highlighted the bit where you said fuck Cavani brilliant player brilliant player <laughs> yeah well we'll see but, shit, um, bloke. shit bloke yeah <laughs> I actually I, shit I, player I, shit bloke oh here we go he's <laughs> oh. <laughs> come back um, but yeah for, I mean uh, maybe I keep this going I don't really see why there's any reason they couldn't win the league as weird as that is to say. You have the best team, you just have to get the most points, don't you? Yeah, that's it, mate. That's it. You just got to hope uh, City and Liverpool slip up, I suppose, from now between now and, and Leicester, because let's yeah, not sleep City on Leicester. Leicester yeah. Um, but yeah, no, fair enough to Man United getting the win, puts them top of the league. Um, you know, if City win their game in hand, obviously they'll be top. Uh, Man United will be just a point behind. So I, I imagine City will probably get that win. But uh, going on to City, the Aston Villa game, I. Did you guys see this one either? I watched the full. This was an amazing. I looked game. at some of the highlights. Yeah, it was a great game, man. Obviously, the controversy yeah. around the the onside offside for the for the first goal, which is definitely onside. Thing is, yeah, annoyingly, um, we don't make for good entertainment because we all agree. Yeah, <laughs> we all agree. It's, it's, I I don't think it's debatable. It's no, not really. Onside, it's the rules. Everyone's it's... grown up playing those rules. I can't. Yeah. I'm actually amazed at the amount of people that think it shouldn't count. It, even I mean, Tyrone Mings, who is, is my least favourite football player in the world, by the way. <laughs> Not Cavani. Is a professional football player. Is just so desperate that he thinks that is offside. Yeah, it's a bit mad. It's just, oh my god. And then I was watching. Uh, I had Sky Sports on, but Sky Sports uh, on in the background, just with the transfers going on. Um, and they had like Gabby Abonglahor. Um, and I can't remember the oh, who was the other player it was like Fraser Campbell or someone like that I can't remember uh, had him on Sky Sports and um, oh, it was like four of them and a couple of pundits um, and they all came to the conclusion that it was uh, it, he was offside I was like how I was like how he played a deliberate he's deliberately played the ball that therefore nullifies the offside and then Rodri is yeah. onside that has been the rule for my whole life yeah yeah like, <laughs> How, how should we just take over the pundits board and we just, we'll just present? Definitely. Definitely. Like, it'd be more entertaining. Yeah, it definitely would be way better. But then, to be honest, <laughs> aside from that, like up until that point, I was thinking, this is the best nil-nil I've ever watched. It was so exciting and just mad stuff was happening all the time. Um, but yeah, obviously, in the end, City came through. Um, got, the two, got the two goals right at the end as well with Gundogan getting the penalty. I didn't actually see that bit. I had turned off after the first one. <laughs> um, but... You know, fair play. I mean, Villa looked really good. Um, you, want, you want Jack yeah. Grealish to shine a bit more. Yeah, but... I really like him, but it's... I don't know. It's just... Last few games, it's just it's looked really good, but not really got any assists or goals or... No, he does so much more, though. Like, he takes... Oh, I know, yeah. a couple of defenders out of the game. Yeah, yeah, no, I get... But, um, like, for his, like, statistics, like, just goals and assists, I just want to see more just because I know how important he some, could be for had, England they've had some tough fixtures though yeah to be fair yeah the last, no, definitely the last four games Man City Liverpool uh, in the cup Man United Chelsea 
Yeah, that's pretty. Tough. That's pretty tough, actually. That's yeah. pretty tough. That's pretty tough. <laughs> Fair play, but then they've gotten like I think they've gotten a few results right in that time. Um, uh, they drew against Chelsea. They lost. That was the it. Three. Yeah, so they got a result against Chelsea. Before that, they beat Palace three 0 Oh, alright. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll move on. We'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, <laughs> Leicester beat Leicester beat Chelsea two 0 <laughs> course um, the power of the host there exactly yeah, uh, well, leicester, yeah, yeah, yeah we're talking about leicester now boys <laughs> uh leicester beat chelsea 2-0 um chelsea man i mean before we get on to leicester because i will give them their credit they've been wicked yeah but chelsea let's talk about chelsea real quick i mean what is going on man uh, i don't know if you if you look if you write write down on a piece of paper right who who they have on their team their bench their squad and you go They've won the league. Yeah, on paper they are a Premiership. Oh, they're, they're, yeah. they're winning the league, and then you yeah. look at their performance. You're thinking something's not right. Something. Yeah, somehow t- Timo Werner's their worst striker. Oh God, Jesus! <laughs> Who, who's Giroud is their best striker. <laughs> say, Giroud is he? Giroud's their best striker. Um, Tammy yeah, is. Yeah, like, Abraham's popped yeah. up with a couple. Yeah, Abraham should be the starter though. Like it, it, Giroud is their best striker, but. Tammy should start a demo. I don't even know what he's going to do, man. Um, Havertz is not that been that great. I don't know. Um, Hasn't really made an impact. No, I, not really. I don't know if he's had like. I know he's obviously played games and stuff like that, but has he had a real opportunity to play in the position that he wants to play, where he feels comfortable to really like shine? And I don't. I don't really feel like he has. Which is think Frank's not playing the right kind of football for the players. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't. I don't necessarily. I love Frank Lampard. He's my favourite England player of all time. Right. I've got multiple England shirts with Lampard on the back. But I do not think that he's going to be the guy that Chelsea, the manager for Chelsea, for very long. If they're smart, they go after like a Julian Nagelsmann or German German yeah, manager. Yeah, yeah Julian Nagelsmann. Maybe, like, Tom, think, maybe Thomas Tuchel. Thomas Tuchel as well. I know he's he's expressed his interest now. In the Chelsea, t- Chelsea job, and if they can, I, I don't know. It'll be quite difficult to uh, pry away Eric Ten Hag from Ajax because uh, he was behind. He was like the mastermind behind Ajax's Champions League run the other year, um, and they that was like a f- young team, right? That he got that he spurred together. Yeah, he already, already knew uh, as well. Yeah, and and that. this is a young Chelsea team. Do you know what I mean? Like aside from Thiago, everyone's like twenty four years old essentially. Do you know what I mean? Um, so. I think getting someone like that who could actually, you know, someone that these players can really like look at as a from a manager's like from a manager perspective and be like, right, we can play for this guy. Do you know what I mean? And this guy knows how to play us. And this, yeah, exactly. And I just, I don't personally think Lampard's the right guy. I don't know how you guys feel on the whole Lampard thing quick, quickly. I mean, I agree with you, really. Um, Lampard. I, th- I think you know. Is there any room for benefit of the doubt for Lampard? Like, give him more time? Because I think in other I think positions... He, other if they give him more time, I wouldn't be surprised because of what he did for them as a player. I think that has earned him the right to maybe have a bit longer. Uh, obviously, it, you know, this is long for a Chelsea manager that's doing badly. They, If this was anyone else, he'd been out the door by now. True. So, Chelsea, Chelsea know, are we, notorious for that revolving yeah, door, exactly. as we, and, we said before. If anyone's going to get the benefit of the doubt to stay and figure it out, it's going to be Frank Lampard. It would just be interesting to see if they do it or not. I personally don't think he... I don't know. It'd be Maybe not. Maybe he's not the guy. Um, but yeah, so Leicester. Let's get on to Leicester because that's a bit more interesting and a bit more fun. They're uh, they're flying again, man. Great team to watch, aren't they? They're performing. Yeah. 
and low key as well. They're not really being talked about nah. amongst the teams that are gonna. And this is what obviously I don't know if you saw James Madison's post match uh, press conference, but Brilliant. he alluded to that in the press conference that you know they could sort of sit behind everyone, all the big teams that are being talked about, and you know get on with their job quietly. But um, how impressed have you been by uh, Leicester in this game? Uh, well, this season in this game, Mark. Oh man, um, I think Madison kind of summed it up really nicely where where you were just saying that they just do their own thing as well as um, they just put in the work individually. I think each player puts yeah. in the required amount of effort and I, I think that sees that reflects how they're sort of performing at the moment, which the goals they're getting aren't easy goals as well. Some of them are yeah, yeah. really good goals, like really like good team goals at that. So. I yeah, mean, Madison's goal was fantastic against Chelsea. I think if Leicester keep keep this up, Champions League easily, they'll get top four. If they keep performing and then they take that same performance to some of the big teams, like yeah. you know, the people who are currently top four now, including them, then easily they'll be in the Champions League next year. Yeah. H, what, what do you think, mate? Uh, they seem to be thriving when they don't have the eyes on them. Like, <laughs> that just seems to be how, how they like it in a way. Um, but yeah, that suits them. I mean, they don't they don't actually have any pressure on them, which is liberating for them. And they're a really good team. They definitely have the ability to get Champions League. Um, yeah. Well, they might not have like the person to person individual talent, like say yeah. Tottenham or someone. They're definitely more of a, a team unit. And yeah. that, if they do get Champions League, that would be the reason why. Yeah, their, their team cohesion is unreal. Like they just they work so well together. And I think, yeah, I, I agree with the. Um, it's it's funny to say how Leicester have been good for a few seasons, right? It's not been like this season's the first season mm. that they've been very good and up there. So it's funny yeah. to see a team that have consistently been up sort of that way to have no pressure on them. Yeah, and they're in the top four and they don't have any pressure. It's weird. You don't really see that. You know, mm. with Tottenham have pressure, Liverpool have pressure, City, United, all these Chelsea, Arsenal, all these teams have pressure on them, and Leicester just seem to not. Maybe it's because they won that Premier League. Even Everton, I think, have more pressure on them. Yeah, they, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. But um, you know, even like say out there, Leeds, because Leeds get talked about more than Leicester do. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like they, they, fans must be. Fit. I don't know. It's just weird. I, lo- I love watching Leicester play. It must be really. Can't, I mean, we're going to have a Leicester fan on next week, uh, ironically. But it must be really good being a Leicester fan right now. Yeah, yeah. Get back and chill and just uh, enjoy where your team's at. Yeah, exactly. Like, big, I hope they win it, man. I don't think they will, but I hope they do. Um, yeah, next game. We'll go on to Arsenal, who seem to have had a little revival lately. 3-0 win against Newcastle, and they actually look very good. Um, Didn't Aubameyang get something on the sheets? Aubameyang got two. Nice. Um, woken up, I suppose, and decided to, to come play football now. But um, it has been since they bought Emil Smith Rowe into the team. It seems that they've that sort of a bit of creativity in there has uh, has unlocked them a little bit. And uh, Bakayo Saka also getting the other goal. But I think it's just yeah, I, I think they're settling into what they're supposed to be. They as soon as they got to create somewhat creative player in that midfield spot, they seem to score goals now. So um, I mean, we got in the transfer thing later. I'll just talk about it. I'll talk about it more later. But they are in talks with Real Madrid to get Odegaard. Uh, Martin really? Odegaard, on okay. loan, on loan for the rest of the season. I'll touch on that later and, and, and that kind of thing. But yeah, I think I think Arsenal are uh, are shooting in the right direction now. I don't know if uh, H, if you've got any thoughts on what you think about Arsenal can do. Just 
complete turnaround, really, at the moment, isn't it? I mean, that yeah. 3-1 win against Chelsea done massive things for them. They haven't conceded a goal in all competitions in five games now. It's fantastic. Remarkable, considering before that they they'd conceded about 10 <laughs> in the same amount of time. But, um, yeah, really impressed. I mean, they're not playing spectacularly, but they they get getting a winning mentality down. Yeah, uh, good for them. Yeah, for sure. They're they're pretty much on the best, apart from Man City. Well, they're basically on the best form of any team in the Premier League right now. Mm. Which um, is funny. Which is funny because it wasn't. It didn't feel like long ago that we were joking about them getting relegated, but it was oh, it, it, it was really a real pressure. That. Yeah, I know, man. It was real. So man. excited for that. Yeah, I think it, that, yeah, everything was there. It was there. They were doing that badly, but now it's. it's oh no, no that'll be fine. Fifteen points clear of the relegation zone now. Yeah, it's unreal. Um, Which is more points than Fulham have. <laughs> yeah, it is. Wow, we're eighteen. Hope yeah, Brighton are right there down there now. Hopefully they get relegated. That'd be hilarious. But um, yeah, so I think Arsenal. Yeah, if they keep it going, you know, if they if they do bring in someone like Odegaard like that. Um, yeah, I think I think they'll just. I don't know if they're going to do anything higher than maybe like eighth this season, just because of the poor, really poor start they've had. Um, and I don't really see any of that top seven sort of those sort of top seven teams dropping off that much. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, fair play to Arsenal. Um, yeah, Man City beat Palace four 0 That's it, really. Uh, Mark, <laughs> what was Liverpool? What, what did you think of Liverpool Man United, mate? Uh, God, nil, boring. Nil. Yeah. It's so dull. It's so dull. Just nothing was happening. Man, fair play. I mean, fair play to United. They happily let world class players push defence and they just sat back and just took yeah. it. They just took they it. They had the two best chances. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, yeah, they did. It, it, had to die. it was just, I was watching the game and it's just everything was just, they parked the bus and waited for that counter, which they got a few times. Alisson made some great saves. Uh, two yeah, he, world class. I don't know players. how he saved that Pogba. Oh sure. God! I bet, thank God he did though. But yeah, fair play. I don't know. Yeah, it's just felt. I just felt. I don't know. But just missing that clinical finish, which is weird to say, because usually it's oh we're missing that defensive wall. Yeah. But now it's like we're missing that clinical finish. But it's, it's weird to say, but arguably the best front three in the world. Well, not the moment. Yeah, I'd say, I think. But, I personally, I've just sort of been thinking about Firmino recently, and uh, I think with the way that you guys have got to play now without Van Dyke and some of these other players, it doesn't really work with Firmino. You need a better yeah. striker. I mean, you need I think going to actually score. I think I was speaking to some of you guys or maybe Oli the other day that how Liverpool have a, have a, have a first a strong first team, yeah. and we're missing like pockets of players. Well, we're missing two centre backs. I mean, but each player when they're in their position and fully fit knows what everyone else is doing so they know how to sort of play and that's what gets us goals yeah stops us conceding and things like that but now you've got Henderson in centre back he can't control the game as well in mid like midfield yeah you've got Thiago coming in and he's not as he is great player don't get me wrong world class player but he obviously hasn't integrated as much in yeah. the team and then you obviously got just the mental state of Salah being there's obviously talks about him not being happy and he might not want to move and yeah. all those things and then just general small injuries across the board really I think 
it's not the same Liverpool team that you're seeing at the moment. And I hope I'm hoping that when those injuries come back and we've got players back in, which unfortunately might not be till next season, yeah. um, that you won't see the same Liverpool team till next year, I believe. But I don't know. That Man United game is very dull. There's not really much to say, but there's no goals. Yeah, no. I just think United did well um, in it. Yeah. Bruno Fernandes, who, right? I didn't even see him in the game. <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't a big part of the I game. Saw, saw him take one free kick, which was fairly close, but it looked like Alisson may have had it. Mm. And that was it. That's basically yeah, a bit not... burnt out after the last year, to be fair. Sorry? Yeah. That's basically a bit burnt out after the last year. Yeah, true. Doing everything. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I have seen some weird thing about Bruno Fernandes not being able to show up in big games. I... There was a couple of things that tracked, but I don't know enough about it to go into yeah. it about it. But I mean, yeah, yeah I read he's a fantastic I... player. So I mean, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I have yeah. noticed, I have seen that floating about that he doesn't show up in big games. But yeah, other than that, Man United put on a great performance and they dealt with us. Yeah, really well. No, for sure. So, yeah, before we go into the main bulk of our podcast, which is actually the top 10 goalkeepers of the whole Premier League era, we've put together our own top 10 lists. We'll talk about them and see what we think. Um, I definitely definitely think there's going to be... I think number one is pretty certain. So I'm, I'm hoping we've got the same number one. But apart from that, I think it could all go up and down, to be honest. But we'll talk about Tottenham, Sheffield United first. 3-1 uh, to Tottenham. They uh, looked... I'm really good in this game, uh, apart from having conceded to Sheffield United, you know. But uh, yeah, Aurier scored, scored a great goal. Harry Kane scored a great goal. Did you see anyone see Ndombele's? No. Oh, unreal, mate. Unreal. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. What the hell was that goal? I loved it. I didn't understand I it, but I loved it. Did he dink yeah. it from super far, super far out and it just floated in the bottom right corner? Uh, it was weird. It was like close to the goal, but it was like kind of back heeled it yeah in a way but then Weird. it was like looped over the keeper um, it was cool whatever it was it looked yeah, cool. it looked cool, it looked cool. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I don't know if he meant it I'm not going to hold that against him if he didn't but it looked wicked um, but yeah I think Tottenham just getting better well they're just good aren't they Tottenham they're just good but are they good enough to win the Premier League that's the thing isn't it and probably not probably say? not with the cities and the United, oh god, it feels weird saying the United. I think they just need one or two more like properly quality players. Yeah, it all, looks, it all looks good like in the midfield and up top, and then you get to the back. It's the back three was Ben Davis, Eric Dyer, and Roden. I mean, Alderweireld is quality. Hugo Lloris, obviously quality. Oh yeah, but, um, yeah. Just need to pad out the back a bit more, I think. Yeah, getting a, a, a world-class centre-back. Like, they were going for Skriniar from Inter Milan, who they probably should have pushed for him a little bit more. But you never know. They could sign him. He's wicked. But yeah, all right. Let's let's uh, let's get into the main bulk of this. The top 10 Premier League goalkeepers of all time. Uh, how do we want to do this, boys? Do we want to just go 10, all do our 10, 9, 8? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. yeah, I've got a couple of honourable mentions for mine. I don't... I will just say their names. If you guys have got them in your list, I'll leave it to you to then go into more depth of them. Uh, so my honourable mentions are Jens Lehmann, Mark Schwarzer, Tim Howard, uh, Allison, and Edison. They're my honourable mentions. Obviously, if you guys have got them when it comes to your numbers to talk about them or whatever. 
But um, I guess I'll go first. My number 10, uh, this was quite difficult between nine and 10. I've gone um, Shay Given. Okay. I, I really wanted to put him in my top 10, <laughs> but I had to downgrade him to honorable mention. Um, yeah. I'll say yeah, for Alison and Edison, the reason why they're not in is not down to them as like goalkeeping ability. It's just over like they haven't been here long enough for me to put yeah. them in. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even put them in honorable and mention. Yeah, I just want to say, <laughs> goalkeeping wise, as players, they're definitely basically at the top, really. But they haven't had the careers in the Premier League for me to put them in this list. I felt like I would be cheating some other people. Um, but yeah, Shea Given, 113 clean sheets, um, which the way it worked out was, I saw this thing, he, he averaged a clean sheet every four games. And when you take into the account the teams he played for, Blackburn, Newcastle, Man City when they were bad, Aston Villa and Stoke. So, you know, it's a quality goalkeeper. Well, I just 21 years in the Premier League as well. Yeah, so and I just... Time. He's one of them keepers when I think of football when I was a kid. He's just, mm. but like, he was just always in Shea Given and on FIFA Street as well. He was unreal on FIFA Street. Um, yeah, he was, yeah, he was unbelievable goalkeeper. Underrated, yeah. so underrated. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I did have him at 10, but I scribbled him out in the end. Put him, oh. him. Okay. Um, Mark, I do love who, Shea Given. Yeah, a wicked goalkeeper, man. Um, uh, Mark, who have you got for your uh, number 10? So. Number 10, I've got David James. Ooh, okay. I like it. Yeah, apparently uh, had a great career with Portsmouth, but he initially was Liverpool's first goalkeeper in the Premier League. Had shaky starts as well into that, and then he was sold to Aston Villa. They went on to Portsmouth and was had a great career at Portsmouth. Really? Yeah. He's got the second most clean sheets of all time, I believe. Yeah. 169, um, which is cool. Uh, but obviously his nickname was Calamity James, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah a shaky so, start. Uh, shaky start. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I like David James. I like David James a lot. And I, I will, uh, yeah. I might as well say it right now when we're talking about it. He's my number nine. Oh, so well, Shay, Shay Given was my number nine. Oh, okay, nice. Uh, <laughs> I've got David James higher than that, but I'm not entirely happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, uh, yeah, so David James. Yeah, he's a, just a classic goalkeeper, isn't he? The hairdos. Yeah. Everything yeah. he's just he's wicked, man. And Portsmouth days were my favorite David James days, I think. As, uh, I'm, I'm sure most times. people, yeah, <laughs> most people agree. Harry, who's your number 10, mate? One of 10 is Timothy Howard. Nice, okay. Nice. What uh, one of the most exciting goalkeepers to watch, just brilliant. I apparently he had Tourette's, I don't know if that's true or not, but oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I could always see him like screaming at the defence and stuff. He was one of the most vocal goalkeepers, like commanding his back line. Brilliant. Made some spectacular saves without being like for the cameras. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just solid. Um, he's in the Prem for a long time. Joined seventh on the clean sheets list. Didn't he score uh, a goal? He did. Yeah. Over. Always um, going to get ratings if you ben score Foster, a goal. Ben Foster, I think. No. Yeah. That was Paul Robinson. No. Um, I'll have a quick look. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But so, uh, yeah, so like I said, my number nine is David James. Um, yeah, with five teams, five teams. Yeah. I could oh, have gone uh, either way with that. Yeah. I was debating like Shea Given. I actually prefer Shea Given over David James. I don't know why I put David James over it, but fine, whatever. Uh, um, but yeah, no, so so yours is obviously Shea Given. Yeah. There was a, over Adam Bogdan, that Tim Howard girl. Oh, oh wow, Adam Bogdan. Bloody yeah. hell. Um, so that's a name. So, uh, yeah, H, who have you got as your number nine? 
My number nine is Marcus Schwarzer. Nice. Well, Mark, nice. Mark Schwarzer as, as Mark Schwarzer. Name is. Okay. Um, yeah, he was in the Premier League for ages. Donkey's ages. Um, I mainly remember playing for Middlesbrough. Yep. Which he did for 11, 12 years or so in Fulham. Uh, he was actually the, this is unrelated to his actual playing, but he was the first player to win back-to-back Premier League titles uh, without playing a single game at different clubs. Um, oh, yeah, because he, he went, won at Chelsea, didn't he? <laughs> he went from Chelsea and then to Leicester. To Leicester, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, without man. That's great hilarious. Stat. Great stat. But no, for real, he was, he was a fantastic goalie. So yeah. tall and lanky, but he just, yeah, really good, really good. Yeah, from what I've seen of him, he seems like a nice guy as well, from uh, mm. interviews and stuff like that on Sky Sports. But uh, before we go into number eight for us, I'm just, we're going to take a little break right now, grab some water, do all that kind of things, and we'll see you guys in a second. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to part dos. We are moving into our eighth player on the all-time Premier League goalkeepers list. This is, a, I don't think you guys will have him in here, oh, um, okay. but it's Thibaut Courtois. Courtois. Uh, and the reason why I've got him in here is because, let's not forget, he was very young when he played in the Premier League. He was unbelievable. He got uh, he got like 48 clean sheets, right? But he played four seasons and won two Premier League titles. That's why I've got... And, and the fact that he was so young and he was so good when he was in the league. Like, let's not... I don't know if he was that good, to be honest. He was good. I thought a lot of the time he looked really lazy. And there were some, some games where he just looked like he did not care about it well, at all. Well, they won two Premier League titles in four years with him being at the number one. And to do that in the Premier League is very difficult. So, I, you know, I've got him in here. I rate Thibaut Courtois. Wouldn't he had a say bit that's of a... down to him, though. No, well, he played a big part in it because he is the goalkeeper. But, uh, yeah, Thibaut Courtois is my number eight. So, Mark, who's your number eight? Uh, a fellow Mark, Mark Schwarzer. Nice. But I, I wanted... To, I, I See, I struggled a little bit with this one just because all the... Where we say top ten best goalies in the Premier League, there are some clear top fours. But then five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten were kind yeah. of a struggle for me. And... I definitely, I just wanted to put Mark Schwarzer at seventh because he do, he did do quite well. I think I broke something down. Um, he managed to get Middlesbrough to the UEFA Cup or for Europe, so good achievements there. Got and, the final of that. Yeah, and then he then he what did he go to Fulham as well? Was there for some time, um, and I wrote down as well his ability for shot stopping was apparently legendary mm. so i thought there was a bit of something about him um i didn't know too much about him it's just it's all, this is all stuff that i sort of read online and did my own research on but it did impress so i was like great goalie gotta put him in didn't think he would get any higher than seventh which is why i mean eighth which is kind of gone at eighth yeah fair i like i, don't, I like mark schwarzer in this list i just yeah I should have put him in over Thibaut Courtois. But I like Thibaut Courtois <laughs> and I'm sticking by... It's fine. Yeah. He is an amazing goalkeeper. Well, he was an amazing goalkeeper. He still is decent. Very, very good. Um, H, who have you got? Uh, I've gone for David James. Uh, this was always where he was. Yep. Didn't, uh, move him, didn't move him during the break or anything? Nah, nah. Nah, nah, nah. Um, <laughs> never, not me. No, oh uh, yeah. I, he's second on the all-time clean sheets record. I, that's the main reason I've 
that's why he's basically in mine otherwise yeah um oh and he he did have quite a lot of defenses which were yeah just average yeah yeah um so fair play to him he had a good career yeah no fair play david james my seventh is a weird one i don't if you guys have him i'll be pretty surprised well nigel martin back in the day he was uh obviously a little bit 137 clean sheets um, bit of bias because he played for my Palace I love him uh, also was part of Everton team that had their best ever Premier League finish back in the day a very good uh, defensive unit back then and he was also part of the obviously that amazing 90s Leeds team uh, that went to the Champions League uh, semi-finals and all that he's just yeah a, a fantastic goalkeeper that I think gets left out a lot due to like recency bias and, and, and people maybe not knowing about him as much as they do other goalkeepers so I wanted to show him a bit of respect and put him into this into this list uh, yeah, I had him on my honourable mentions. Um, but it's one of them. I, I can't rate people too highly that I didn't really see play. Which, yeah, it's, it's like you say, recency bias. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the guy's fifth on the all-time clean sheets record, so yeah. can't be can't be that bad. Yeah, no, definitely. And, I, I, you know, the Palace thing is, you know, I'm in my heart, so I had to put him in there for that as well. But, uh, yeah, Mark, who, who have you got as your uh, number seven? Uh, I've got Brad Friedel. Oh, big Brad Friedel. Yeah, I mean, I, he was another one where I struggled to argue myself to put a bit higher because of his because of what he's done in his career. I thought he deserved a bit more respect, but then I looked at the people who were above him, and I was a bit like, mm, okay, but obviously you'll find out soon. Um, but a little bit of background on Brad Friedel: he didn't really make much of an appearance, up, annoyingly, after signing for Liverpool. Uh, made a move to Blackburn, which apparently was where he really took off. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, um, yeah. he got a lot of praise at that performance there. And uh, I believe in 2003, he got Player of the Year for keeping 15 clean sheets. Wow. Which is... Good. He's yeah, good at Tottenham good. as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to move on. He got to... Well, he was pretty Villa. old at that point as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a veteran at that point and then still got a nod from Tottenham and was a solid player at Tottenham as well. So I think... To push to push your age to then go to a team like Tottenham at that time, um, and to be a solid player, you know, I have to put some respect. And he's American, mm. so he gets double points mm. for being good. If there's, there's one thing Americans are good at, is goalkeepers. Yeah, <laughs> that's very a true. lot they of do, good goalkeepers. They do a lot. Put some good goalkeepers out there. So strange. Um, but yeah, H, who have you got for your number seven, mate? I've got a somewhat surprise inclusion: um, Hugo Lloris. Okay, I wasn't expecting to. I wasn't expecting to see on this list. That's fair. No, Um, he's in his ninth season now, and again has had some questionable Tottenham defenses. Like you look back to the Spurs team, 2012-2013. We have a quick look at the team, but I'm pretty sure around that time they still have players like Sebastian Bassong and Eunice Kabul and stuff. uh, Eunice Kabul, yeah. And I, I just think of Tottenham, and I think how many times he's bailed them out. Uh, in games, Pavlochenko. Um, I know he's a striker, but that's just the name. That came yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think he, he's been consistent for pretty much the whole time, um, making saves. Uh, when you're the goalie of a big team, a lot of the times you don't have that much stuff to do. Yeah. Um, but there's been a lot of games where he's had to do so much work, and um, he's been a big. They've obviously not won anything, but. He's been a big part of them becoming competitive in the Champions League kind of level team, which they definitely weren't when he joined. Yeah, he's been the one sort of like, along with like, yeah, I guess really for the last nine years, he's been the one consistent thing in this Tottenham team. 
is that they've had a solid keeper. True. Um, no matter where they've been up and down, in, uh, but they've always had, yeah, Lloris. And everyone, I think I've, I think everyone's sort of always rated him since he came in. And he's just, he's been one of them sort of, I don't know, under, I, I'd probably say he's underrated, I guess, in terms of what he, he does, I guess, because he's at Tottenham. Um, and because he has, I think because he has been here for so long and it's at Tottenham that he gets overlooked. Was it uh, Lloris that, like, messed up his elbow? Landed yeah. on the funny. That was like a couple of seasons got, ago. Wasn't got it? an injury as well. I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He messed himself right. up pretty bad. Yeah, but so no, they I, I like Vorman for a while. Yeah, actually, another decent keeper to be fair to him. But uh, yeah, no, uh, I like that pick. Um, so on to number six. I wonder if you guys have him. I have. I don't. You might not. Uh, I got Joe Hart. Um, 127 clean sheets. Um, I do feel like people, because of what's happened in this latter stage of his career, with just bouncing around and you know Pep not fancying him. But pe- people have forgotten how good he was for City and for it, and you know for England as well. He's pretty decent, like. Um, but for City especially, like, yeah, he was so vocal back there for the defenders with Vincent Company and stuff. He was someone that you know that they could rely on to make. I mean, he made some worldy saves as well. Um, two Premier League titles as well, which I think goes um, people don't really notice as much because of uh, obviously City going forward was so impressive, and they sort of look at that. They, you know, Joe Hart was. You know, in the heart of that of that defensive unit, and this yeah, one a, two Premier League, two Premier League titles. His, his responsibility as well for the England team as well was pretty big. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot of like people that. when you think of when you think of Joe Hart's England career, it is the little dink penalty uh, from uh, PLO. PLO PLO in the World Cup that you think about. But um, but no, he was such a solid keeper, man. Mm. Um, that was at a time as well, which sucked for him where he was in his prime. But we're on the back end of the golden generation and we yeah. didn't really have that many prospects coming through. But if like we now had him, we're drowning in youth prospects. It would have been fantastic if we could have had Joe Hart around the time where we had bloody like Roy Carroll and um, like who else was the other Donny that used to get in? That, that, yeah. Was it Paul Robertson that spilled it at the World Cup for his yeah. legs? Yeah, like the, these guys. Uh, no, that was Rob Green. Rob Green. So, yeah, um, when the time yeah. we had Rob Green and Roy Carroll starting for England, man, if we just had Joe Hart at that point, you never know what could happen. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, Joe Hart is criminally overlooked in this kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, I, I really like Joe Hart. I, and he's one of them passion players as well that's really going to pick your team up and, like, and like you know, get them playing. I did I did have him down as an honourable mention just because he did do a lot. Yeah. yeah. He did. He oh, was yeah, successful. Mainly Man City fans that still remember how good he actually was in it. But, yeah. Uh, Where, wherever maybe. they may be. <laughs> All five of them. Yeah. The database with all their hard drives plugged in. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Mark, who's your number six, mate? I we've already spoken about this, but Martin James. Is it Martin James? What? No. Martin. Nigel Martin. Nigel Martin. I don't know why. I there said we that. go. Oh, speaking of David James. <laughs> David James. And Nigel James. Martin. I was like, wait, who the hell is that? Um, yeah, no, I had, I had it, Martin in in it. Six. Again, it was just getting tough for me at this point in the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew immediately who sort of my like top three, four were. And yeah, yeah. no, he he is a decent five kid. down. Definitely got harder. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's def- I didn't even like, well, I wrote down Joe Hart. And then as I was looking at more, and even when Nigel Martin came in, I was like, I can't, I can't have Joe Hart. But I kind of regret that decision now. 
but still, yeah, at least we put some respect in his name, I guess. Yeah. Um, he's been mentioned. He's been. He's know. been mentioned. Yeah, but as well as Nigel Martin's been men- mentioned, um, he had a great career. I think. Well, he's on the list for a reason. Yeah. So, yeah, and um, I think we've already spoken about him, haven't you? Yeah, man. Martin. Yeah. I have. I have. But uh, yeah, H, who who do you want number six, mate? Uh, I've gone for Bradley Friedel. Uh, nice. Love that man. Big bald head. Uh, love it. That's what you, that's what you want to see. Uh, you, if you're a defender, you turn around, you see Brad Friedel, you're like, ah, oh, we're going to be fine. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, like Mark, Mark already touched on, I first remember him when he played for Blackburn. Um, yeah. And they, they had a fairly decent team right around those times. They're Was that the like Morgan Gams Pedersen days? Stuff. Yeah. Oh, what a player time. he was. Man. David Dunn, etc. David Dunn, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Great, great nice. player. Yes, yeah. Uh, five. I've got uh, David De Gea. Oh. I, uh, I, I couldn't really put him any higher. I think eventually he might, if he stays, you know, Man United get pick it up again, and uh, you know, if he can get another couple, maybe Premier Leagues under his belt, he can get higher than this. But um, yeah, I think 119 clean sheets. That whole the whole thing for he has had a couple of spells that he wasn't necessarily that great De Gea, but it's not been for like a long amount of time. And he has been one of the things that United can always like look like rely on after like the you know post Fergie era and be like okay we had David De Gea who is an amazing goalkeeper and you know he stayed man he could have gone he could have you know he could have left a few times I'm sure I remember Real Madrid really wanted him but yeah I think respecting David De Gea he's a he, yeah unbelievable goalkeeper yeah can't argue with that he's been fairly consistent as well apart from yeah few, just a few a couple, couple occasions moments, where he hasn't yeah. been yeah. I mean, he had, like you said, he had every opportunity to leave at some point. So, just being loyal as well, I think, is something that might be an underrated yeah, personality sure, trait. Man. Definitely. But yeah, give, yeah, exactly. But uh, who have you got, mate? It's a check. Pass a check this low. Check. Okay. Okay. I want to hear why. Oh, okay. I want to know who you've got above Pass a check. All right. We'll get there. Um. So yeah. Uh, Brent, as we all know, you've probably got him a little bit higher than I do, <laughs> yeah. uh, clearly. Um, but I don't want to take the limelight too much. I think obviously we know he spent, a, I think I read a fact that he spent a thousand minutes in a, in goal about conceding a goal in 2005, five, six? Five. Yeah, he, uh, I think that was Something. the season they won it. That was the year that they conceded the least amount of goals in the Premier League season. They only conceded 13 goals that season. 13 goals? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he did, <laughs> as everyone knows, that infamous head injury he got. I don't yeah. think that actually affected his career as a goalie. I think that just affected his like, personal life more. But I, I, he came back. Yeah, he was still solid for fine. years yeah. after that, for I sure. Mean, yeah. I mean, now that I'm saying it out loud, <laughs> probably should have put him a little bit higher. Uh, because he's, that's fine. He's even come back for Chelsea, hasn't he? He's uh, he's like a coach now, isn't he? Yeah, he's like a coach, uh, but he didn't yeah, he play. Yeah, to play ice hockey for a while. Yeah, I think back. he's like an emergency sort of deal. Like if yeah. their keeper situation gets too, I'd somehow their situ- keeper situation can get bad. They've got like seventeen keepers, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, a check. All right, cool. Uh, H, who's your number five? Uh, David Stephen for me. Nice. Um, I, I love David Seaman. Everything I've 
feed about him. He seems like the nicest man ever. Um, yeah, it's part of some amazing Arsenal teams. Uh, brilliant keeper. Questionable ponytail, admittedly. Um, but I can't talk. I used to have a questionable ponytail. Um, <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was quality. He was the first. He was the the goalkeeper when I first started watching football. Like for England, he was the goalkeeper. Yeah, me too. Arsenal were the best team at that time. He was their keeper. Yeah. Um, yeah. Always got love for David Seaman. Yeah, no, I uh, I completely agree. He's, uh, David Seaman is my number four. Uh, yeah, 141 clean sheets. He was like the the man in that 90s Arsenal era where they were just, you know, so dominant. And he was just, yeah, for England and for Arsenal, he was an unbelievable keeper. Um, yeah, and like you said, H, just all round seems like an unbelievable, unbelievably nice guy in everything that I've seen him do. Uh, two Premier League titles, which is cool. That's a decent number, to be fair for him. Um, but yeah, I uh, yeah, David Seaman. There's not really much to add on to what you said. But um, yeah, hey, uh, Mark, who's your number four? Number four, I've got Van der Sar, Edwin Van der Sar. Nice. Um, again, probably. I think if you're a Man United fan, you probably know this keeper. Uh, he won four out of six Premier League titles. I think he was with Man United astounding amount yeah he won um, four and yeah i think that that itself puts him up there on top of just being a solid player um solid goalkeeper at that i just think yeah just the four out of six was really just pff, ridiculous for me that's a ridiculous stat yeah he's unbelievable unbelievable keeper um yeah h who's your number four uh david the hair nice uh, um yeah you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head just now but um yeah, but he's not at his complete best anymore. But um, no. uh, the end of last season, start of this season, bit suspect. But now no one's talking about him anymore because he's just getting on. He's playing well again. Um, yeah, been phenomenal. Um, again, I feel like I'm using this excuse a lot, but he's had some bad defenses in front of him this yeah, time. Yeah, he has. And he's, he's been the best goalkeeper in the 2010s for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. No, I Definitely. agree. Yeah, I think if you were going to say like the 2010s a foot in a team, De Gea has to be your keeper, really, mm. isn't he? Um, yeah, ph- phenomenal. I, I, my number three is uh, like is Mark's number four, Edwin Van der Sar. Uh, 132 clean sheets, obviously, just was an absolute baller monster uh, at Man United, at Fulham and at Man United. Like he got better after 40, which is unreal. Like you just, how does that a thing? Um, it's just yeah, um, uh, yeah, four four Premier League titles, man. Four Premier League titles. That's just yeah. Uh, obviously, you said a lot, Mark. Um, was big for the Netherlands as well. Uh, yeah, and it was just like one of the keepers of my childhood was mm. Edwin Van der Sar, and that was for always like yeah, good memories. He's a big but, um, player, big player, big player, big player. But uh, yeah, uh, he's not my number three. Who uh, who have you got number three? Um, yeah, I might butcher his name. So I'm sorry if anyone's listening. Um, Juicy Jaskalainen. Juicy Jaskalainen. You've got Jaskalainen very high. I really wanted to put him in my top 10. Yeah, he was going to be an honourable mention for me. Again, I didn't know too much about this guy. (laughs) Check. Okay. But I was reading it and one of the things I just thought was just ridiculous and I really wanted to just put him in there just to be a little bit dramatic 
was he kept Bolton? Was it Bolton? Yeah. Bolton in yeah, the Premier League for over a decade for just consistent, solid performance. Yeah. He, yeah, he no. And, and I was just literally reading stuff about him. Like, I can't believe I've not, well, I have heard of him, obviously, but I just couldn't believe I just didn't know some of the stuff about this guy. And I was just literally 400 Premier League appearances for Bolton. Yeah, no, I, that's... And I was just literally flabbergasted, I'm going to use. I was just like, these stats are insane. Yeah, he's a great player. He was an unbelievable it, player. Like, it let's does... really twist it, but a when better I was... than Petr Cech. Well, when I was reading this as well, it did. It, when I was looking up, I made a note. It said, um, they said, it would be easy to overlook him because of his situation, but like Mark Schwarzer, that is exactly why he deserved recognition. Okay. Okay. So. Okay, that's one, fair enough. So you... I've already said I kind of regret the Peter Check thing, but then I was. So I would. I probably would rejig them now that I've heard your guys' opinions and things. You probably like, should, yeah. Probably. But no, I'm, I'm only joking. Uh, oh, I still... yeah, mate. That's you. You. Yes. Yeah. Yaskalinen boy. Okay. I just um, some of those. Some of those stats. Some of those facts were just big. Big numbers. No, I really like that. But I. That is mental. So I, I love it. I love it because it's good, but I, it's mental. But uh, yeah. I, I'm, where are we? Number three. Number three, I've got uh, Timothy Castagna. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, no, I've, I've, same as you, Alf. I've got uh, Van der Sar. Uh, nice. Just incredible. Uh, you said four Premier League titles, you said he won. Four and six. That's mad because yeah. uh, well, he only signed for United when he was 35. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. Absurd, uh, but yeah, quality, yeah. quality, quality. Yeah, I, yeah, he's just one of them keepers that maybe he will like, maybe in years and years and years it'll be like, oh, maybe he, he maybe he will be like one of the best we think of him. Like, obviously, we do now top three, but I mean, like, to eclipse. Obviously, number one, who I think is a unanimous decision at number one. It was going to be quite a hard feat, but maybe he could do it with a bit more time. Uh, but yeah, um, number two, um, Jussi Askel, no, uh, Petr Cech is my number two. Um, yeah, 202 clean sheets. Like I said earlier, was uh, when we were talking about him in fifth or whatever. Um, he, uh, yeah, because the least amount of goals in the season conceded, 13 goals he conceded in, one, in a whole Premier League season. As unreal. Obviously, took a nasty head injury, like we were saying, and then didn't. You know, obviously, he wasn't quite the player that he was before, but he was still like, you know, eighty-five he, to ninety percent off. Yeah, you know, he, and he was back still pretty well. phenomenal, right? And he still went on to play at Arsenal, went to pretty okay at Arsenal for for a little while, um, and yeah, then to go off and play ice hockey. That, I've got to rate you for that as well. But, oh, um, that's cool. That is cool. Yeah, <laughs> man. But no, uh, Petr Cech, man. Yeah, he'll always. Uh, He'll always uh, be one of them keepers that I think is, yeah, one of the best keepers of all time, for sure, for sure. Um, but not as good as Jessica Lennon, I can admit. But yeah, uh, Mark, who's your number two, mate? David Seaman. David Seaman. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Number two. Uh, cla- I think he's a classic, sort of second classic English player, essentially, uh, up there. Um, yeah, he's had re- really good. I think if you're going to think of goalkeepers, you probably. 50-50 going to think of David Seaman. Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. Especially Arsenal goalkeepers. That's the first one you think of, right? Yeah, it's just one of those one of those people who was just just amazing to watch, just entertaining. And definitely, um, when I was rewatching, I was rewatching some of the clips 
uh, on my lunch break earlier today. Nice. Just watching it, it was just, oh, it was just amazing, wasn't it? It was just yeah, it was so amazing. entertaining. Amazing. Just loved it. Um, I think I did write down some of his stats. Um, so yeah, he did really well. I think as well. Yeah, he spent quite some time as England's first choice goalkeeper as well. So he done put in a shift for England. But yeah, David Seaman number two. I don't think I think that's a good call. Other than Peter Jack solo. No, no, I, I like that, <laughs> David. Yeah, David Seaman. He could definitely be number two. Why? Not? I don't see why not. Um, but yeah, H, who have you got at number two, mate? Uh, Peter Schmeichel. Oh, everyone, I was so everyone... looking forward to us doing a unanimous <laughs> Peter Schmeichel, but no. Everyone says everyone says he's the best keeper in the Premier League era, and I've, I I did not see him with, with my own eyes, so I don't feel comfortable saying that. Okay, um, fair enough for me. Um, yes, yeah, fair enough. But uh, obviously, you phenomenal goalie. But um, that's why I got him in second. But for me, I, I've got to go off what I've seen. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, so you must have Yaskalina number one. But um, spoilers, yeah, my, Alf. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My number one's Peter Schmeichel. Yeah, Peter Schmeichel. Schmeichel oh, that's a shocking sheets. choice, mate. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, uh, 128 clean sheets, five Premier League ti- uh, t- uh, titles. Um, treble you know treble winning just some of the saves man some of the best saves in you know football history man he was just an unbelievable keeper he was a first bit of a nutcase as well yeah first exactly a bit of a nutcase you would not want to mess around with him back in the day he'd um, you know fucking squeeze your head but um, <laughs> yeah he's just he's just a beast man and he's like I feel like he's one of them obviously like you're saying we didn't really see much of him play at all really but um from what i've heard from like my dad and like you know old like older friends that i have that have seen him play they're just um what an unbelievable player he was and the, the thing that they say about him and i've seen you know a lot of premier league years and all that kind of tv shows and stuff but you just see the saves that he makes and the impact he had on that team like throughout the squad was just was just unreal and the way wow. he just scared the shit out of strikers any striker that came up against him just scared the shit out of them the way, I, the way I wrote, the way I did this list was just to write down some names that I remembered off the top of my head. There's some older names. First one, Pitch Michael. Yeah, that was literally the way I did it. I just went, I didn't numbered it one down to ten, and I was like, oh, I'll go for ten up. But I'll, you know, actually, you know what? Let me just put Peter Schmeichel at number one first, and then we'll go <laughs> up. But, um, but yeah, no, I think yeah, best best Premier League goalkeeper of all time, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, wicked player. Uh, Mark, have you got Schmeichel yeah. as well? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Wicked, yeah, just yeah, unbelievable. And now his son is also very good. So you got—I don't know if you mm. take that into consideration—that his son is also an amazing goalkeeper because you know he had part in you know making his son. So let's uh, <laughs> we'll go on that. Well, he's actually but, been consistent as hell ever since Leicester got on the Premier League. He's been yeah, he's been he's been very good. Big shoes uh, to fill there, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, H. Who who have you got? Uh, Petr Cech. For me. Nice. Ah, fair enough. Um, but he's 33 clean sheets ahead of anyone, ahead of David James. Um, I, I'm not I'm not just for these stats, by the way. Um, and he's also he's done that in 129 less games. Obviously, he had better defenders in front of him. But, um, <laughs> yeah, for me, just, best um, ever. unbelievable consistency from the whole time he's in it until until he went to Arsenal. But I mean. He, 
is it's getting on a bit by that point. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah, just so reliable, so brilliant. For me, the best goalkeeper I've seen play in the Premier League. Um, but I was always going to put Czechs, Michael and Van der Sar as my top three. I think they're, for me, they're just a class above everyone else. Yeah, yeah, for me as well. That's literally, yeah. Van der Sar, Czechs, Michael. You can have it in whatever order you want, really. Do you but, think, um, do you think, Pitchek could have been any better if he didn't get a head injury. Would it just be like a few stats a bit better? Or... Well, you wouldn't have missed much else he could games. have done. True. He wouldn't have missed all them games. So he'd probably just have more numbers. Yeah. You yeah. know, his numbers would be even bigger. But, do you know what I mean? So How long was he out for? About most of a season? A year, pretty I much think. most of the season, right? So if you put another season on top of that of what he could have done, um, yeah. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you never know. And he's almost a full season's worth of clean sheets ahead of the next guy. Yeah, Jesus, and, yeah. unreal, unreal. Fair play. I, I don't hate that at all. I was just hoping for that all unanimous. We could do the that been... Michael. That'd have been cool. But um, nah, Harry has about that life. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, no, we, cool. hopefully, we can uh, have a unanimous top one next week. Before uh, anything next week. Oh yeah, week. well we'll talk about that at the end. We'll talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah, I tell yeah. you, I, I really thought um, you guys were both going to put Pepe Reina in. Oh, and he I was an honourable I wanted to. Oh, I wanted I, to. I've always hated him, so I, I thought it was going to be a controversial omission. But uh, no, I'm very happy that he happened. No, I, I didn't. I, I did want to get him in there, but... The Liverpool screaming in me was screaming Pepe Reina. Yeah. I was surprised <laughs> you put Alisson in there. Oh, mate, don't... He's world-class goalie, but he needs to do yeah. it. Yeah. I just, I just I mean, it was Premier League-specific. So, I can't, I'm not yeah, that exactly. naive. No, no, I know. I just thought maybe, maybe the Liverpool bias would come through, and you'd oh, go on, like the player over the career. Maybe imagine if I just sat there and lifted Liverpool's just top ten players, top ten. I mean, it, my cool. head was, my head was screaming at me to put Marcus Hahnemann number one, but uh, oh, I, was hard. <laughs> I wanted to get. Uh, I will give him an honourable mention, though, my boy. I wanted to get uh, Gabor Karali in there, but he only played like one season in the Premier League for us, and we got relegated. So uh, <laughs> probably not the best. He wore tracksuits though. What what goalkeeper do you know to wear tracksuit bottoms in a game? Gabor Karali. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, before uh, we Ma- get Massimo Taibi. Oh, baller. But um, before we get into the final part of the show, I guess we'll say instead of podcast, uh, we're gonna take another quick break. Uh, we will be right back in now. Welcome back, guys, to part three of episode nine. Uh, before we get into this part three. Like and subscribe, hit the notification button, do all that good stuff. All right. Now, uh, we're going to go into some transfer bids. There's not been a great deal. I mean, there has been actual signing. Palace have signed someone. We've signed a striker. We've signed, he's young, he's 23. Oh. He's like us to sign a youngster. Um, Jean Philippe Matata, uh, which I quite liked the Palace's uh, caption for it. It was Hakuna Matata. We've signed. <laughs> Um, which is great. Uh, I don't really know much about him. I can't lie. I did watch some um, tape on him earlier, like some videos. And uh, yeah, I, he looks decent, man, to be fair. Se- uh, 10 goals in 17 games this season for Mines. Um, we got him for like a 2 million loan fee um, with uh, an option to buy uh, after the 18-month loan, um, which is can go into your clause bit after this, Mark. We can actually, you know, it's nice. Uh, move nicely into that but uh, we have to buy him if he makes 15 Premier League starts oh yeah so I don't really know why that's a clause it's a very weird clause it's almost like they're like yeah well we're just not going to buy him yet 
but he's obviously going to start 15 times for us. Like, it's going to so happen. Just if play 18... him 14 guy games, see how he does. Wouldn't be surprised if that was the case, mate. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I like it. I mean, it's a youngster. It's a striker. We don't have to play Benteke anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, he's taller than Benteke as well, so it's going to fit nicely into how we like to play. Wow. With, how tall is uh, he? I think he's 6'4". Jesus. Um, he's a quick player as well. He likes to play with his back. He likes to collect the ball with his back to goal and use his wingers, I've seen in, in, in like tapes and stuff like that. So that's going to be wicked for Zaha and Eze. Well, like, forward. like a cheeky one-two or like... Well, yeah, so like take it, it out, goal, ping it in. It on, flick it on, you know, make a run into the box, that kind of stuff. I like that a lot. Um, and he's tall as well, so flick it onto Zaha and Eze. Four, man. We've got big boys in this team. I'm happy with it. But uh, yeah, like... I think that's us done. There has been talks of us signing another player, but uh, Roy has said he's happy with the squad now. He, he doesn't really need anyone coming through, so fair enough. But um, AC Milan uh, believe that they will complete the signing of Tomo Fico Tomori, Fico Tomori in the next 48 hours. They, uh, that should be done pretty soon. I think that's pretty cool signing for both. Um, he's going to get some good game time there. Um, and he might, you know, if he gets there now, he might... Be end up winning a Serie A in the summer because they are top of the league at the moment, AC Milan. So, uh, yeah, it's good, that's decent. Fair play, uh, yeah. Arsenal are in talks with Real Madrid over a loan deal for Martin Odegaard. Um, they face competition from Real Sociedad and a number of other Premier League clubs, like Leicester are the front runner for Premier League clubs, apparently, at the moment wow. to get him, which I actually would prefer to see him at Leicester than Arsenal. I just think for him, it would be a better move, there would be less pressure on him at Leicester. To do anything because they've got Madison, they've got Tielemans, they've got um, well, yeah, Madison and Tielemans essentially to be there for those those creative players, and, and you know Odegaard can be free. I feel like if Odegaard goes to Arsenal, you have a lot of pressure on him to deliver how, like, right away. How old is Odegaard now? Uh, Twenty-two, I think. Still young. Still so let me check that. Go yeah. into, to get into a team like Leicester, then just develop and just fit in. Yeah, yeah he's twenty-two. Um, yeah. Which he was cool. He was a really talented player, like, quite young as well. Yeah. I remember. And he was like, I, I think if I'm remembering correctly, everyone was rating him next, like the next Ronaldo, but obviously that dropped off. That seems like so recently. Yeah. yeah, he was like 16 when he signed for uh, Real Madrid. Like 17 or something. But I, I just remember, um, like, well, no, no, this just. You know, it makes me feel good about something because you see Odegaard now and what they were talking about Odegaard and, and how he could be. And, you know, they still highly rate him. He's 22. Phil Foden's 20. And you see Phil Foden starting for Man City right now. And yeah. what he's doing. He's 20 years old. That makes me feel so good about Phil Foden and, and England and that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, no, I think Odegaard would be a good signing, just not for Arsenal. I think, he, well, I think he would be, but I just think for him, it wouldn't be a good move for him. I think if he was to go, I think a Leicester would be awesome. Um... But yeah, uh, just don't think anything else. Obviously, like we said, we said a bit earlier. Oh, we didn't. I don't think we said it on here actually. But uh, Socrates has been uh, his uh, contract has been um, what do you call it? Terminated. Uh, terminated. Terminated. Yeah, he's left the club. He's free agent. Fair play. He's not really Premier League quality really now anymore. Um, and they're also looking to get rid of. Uh, well, I think. The whole Urzel thing's pretty much done, right? To Fenerbahce, I just think that they're ironing out a few, you know, details here and there. But weird one, still that whole uh, Urzel thing. What do you think, have, guys? Have think they made? Has Arsenal made any money so far? Arsenal don't make money on players. They let their contracts run out and let them go for free. Well, that's that literally is, what they do. That's, that's that one. 
yeah, that is the, how they play. So fair enough. But um, but yeah, I think uh, I think it'd be good for Ozil. Oh well, I've literally just seen Fenerbahce to unveil Ozil this weekend. So there oh, we go. bang! So it's like it's going to be done this weekend, which is cool for Ozil. Mistreated player. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we don't know what happened behind the scenes. Obviously, you could we don't know, but. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what uh, what happens with with Özil. Imagine if he just lights up the Turkish league. Oh, right, actually, I'm sure, not that hard of a thing to do. I was gonna say, is like, uh, yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, and apart from that, that's about it at the moment, boys. We're waiting for um, something more to happen. Just yeah, moment. it's been dead. It's January, isn't it? It's just dead for the Premier League in uh, in moves. But um, I know Arsenal were looking for Emi Wendia from uh, Norwich but they've been told that they will have to wait until the summer if they want to sign up because Norwich obviously having a great season so far top of the championship uh, getting rid of their best player would be an absolute disaster right now so um, yeah I completely understand that uh, but yeah that is our, that's our transfer roundup guys short and um, sweet short and sweet that was it yeah not much going on unfortunately I wish I had more to tell you really yeah but, um, but yeah that's it but I know uh, to finish off Mark you wanted to take us through a nice little segment you put together for us yeah, so, oh, you know how how we all do sitting on the toilet, just scrolling through aimlessly, reading some things. Of course. Yeah, for hours. Hours, too long. So your legs go numb, and then you, of course, got to, yeah, oh, deal with that. That's happening an increasing amount these days. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I came across a nice little segment which I thought would be just quite fun, really, to to go through. So this one is about specific agreements in football. That's just quite weird and quite specific. Okay. Is this like so, player contracts and stuff like that? Or there are player contracts mixed in, but there, I, I think there's just like club club agreements as well in place, which will break down. Say whatever you need to say about them. It's just a bit more of an open discussion. So to start off, we have uh, okay, Luis Suarez couldn't sign for Man United. Former Liverpool forward Luis Suarez had a Manchester United clause written into his Barcelona contract. The clause prevented Suarez from signing for the Red Devils on a free, even after his contract with Catalan Giants had expired. How does that work? Other, club, you... oh, other clubs on Barcelona's prohibited list included Man, Man City, PSG and of course Real Madrid. Yeah, fair enough. How do you get someone to buy? That's an awesome clause, but how do you get someone to abide by that after their contract's finished? Money? Uh, so no they just legally abide, legally binding contract they sign. Yeah, but if the contract's then finished, if it says like this contract is till this date, if then the date is finished and the contract is null and void, can he not well, then go? Well, I mean, that, that clause in particular, um, if, if the contract's for like, oh, you're employed by us, until this time you'll get paid this much until this time yeah after this contract has expired you cannot you cannot do this then still i guess he signed it didn't he yeah i guess he signed it so fair enough that's why he's ended up at atletico quite quite mad i think that is a bit of a mad one so like some good clubs he potentially could have gone to yeah smart even more smarter barcelona forced to pay a premium Liverpool made a huge 142 million when they sold Philippe Coutinho to Barcelona. The Red received a big chunk of this up front, with the rest paid in performance-related installments. But money wasn't the only thing Liverpool got out of the deal. 
Some shrewd negotiations when selling the midfielder meant Barcelona wouldn't be able to raid Liverpool without paying a huge premium for the next three seasons. The premium stood at 100 million euros and required Barcelona to pay this on top of a standard transfer fee for any Liverpool player they wanted to sign. The premium, this premium kept Barcelona at bay, despite Liverpool housing world-class players who would have previously been at Catalan's club wishlist. This just shows how shite Jeez. Barcelona board are and have been for for a little for like a little while now. You don't fucking sign that deal, man. I, <laughs> like, obviously, I know he's for, to get for Coutinho, and at the time, you don't understand that you don't know that Coutinho is going to be a flop. Uh, Barcelona, but man, what yeah, made them I mean, pick up the pen and go? Yeah, well, if we want to play from you, we'll pay you a hundred million up. Front. I mean, at that time, you didn't have Van Dijk or Salah or anyone like that, did you? Oh no, you would have had Salah and Mane. I'm fairly sure at that point because didn't Coutinho play with them too? I think what Van Dijk no. and Allison were the last two pieces. Yeah, yeah, so I yeah they're fairly recent. Feel like you might have had Salah and Mane. Yeah, I feel like you might have had Salah. You you had Salah and Mane when when Coutinho was there. So, so, I mean, that's out of three of them players, they could have signed. They signed the fucking worst one. <laughs> uh, and, but fair play, Barcelona, like, you messed up. I mean, their board's been terrible for a little while, so it doesn't surprise me. But, but like, yeah, I mean, we, Liverpool for putting we, that in there. That's we've sold, it's, uh, we've sold a lot of players to Barcelona who have gone on to be some good players. Yeah, that might be why you guys managed to have this window of being good. You but you couldn't sell your players to Barcelona. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's why Tre- Trent's still there. Yeah. All them boys, but nah. Um, fair I, don't play, Trent, I, I don't think Trent would leave. He's, I don't think he's, he's going not. anywhere. I just don't think he'll ever go anywhere. He's a Liverpool fan, isn't he? He, he's he's, a, it's he's his one dream. of the best teams. So. It's his dream Might to well be say a Liverpool legend. Yeah, no, fair enough. I'm just wondering if, if, if he was offered big, big money elsewhere, would he go? It's tough. I, I don't see. I don't see a reason why he would, but yeah, potentially. Oh yeah. Nah. Well, right now, not really. There's no nah. point. I think he's what gonna. I think he's too emotionally invested in Liverpool. To be fair, and, Gerard almost joined Chelsea at one point. Yeah, that's true. Mm. I mean, it, it can happen. It can happen. Things can change. Stuff can happen. But anyway, moving on. Yeah, Firmino wasn't allowed to sign for Arsenal. Arsenal upset Liverpool back in two thousand. These all Liverpool ones. No, no. These are just. Oh, okay. This is just literally just the thing I came across. Arsenal upset Liverpool back in 2013 when they tried to sign Luis Suarez for 40 million plus one pound after misunderstanding his release clause. This the bid promoted something of a shock reaction from Liverpool owner John W. Henry, who at the time tweeted, "What do you think they're smoking over at the Emirates?" Um, Suarez eventually heads to Barcelona and Liverpool replaced him with Roberto Firmino, but it seems the Reds weren't willing to let the Arsenal debacle go. And included a clause in Firmino's contract that enabled any club in the world to trigger his 89 million release clause, except the Gunners. Oh, Liverpool bare pay. I love it. Harry, you've muted yourself. So I'm still confused about that Suarez deal, about why they weren't allowed to speak to him. Wait, was it, was it 40 million release clause, you said? It was a forty million power course. So why couldn't they do? 40 and they built forty million one. I still, I didn't understand at the time. But I'm still confused about why. Yeah, that doesn't really make sense. Arsenal weren't allowed to speak to my contract. I'm not sure either. Without looking into it further, 
Um, if anyone's watching this video or listening to the podcast, feel free to uh, know why that that wasn't let allowed. Let us know. Yeah. Let us know, but yeah. Could no, be Liverpool a very different Premier League if that had happened. Liverpool yeah. so petty, and I love it. <laughs> um, putting that in just to spite Arsenal, I think it's great. But um, yeah, weird one. I don't really know why you couldn't have gone, to be honest, but that, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what you got next? Um, it's just probably more of just a fun one. It's titled, You Can't Stop Ronaldinho Partying. Brazilian legend Ronaldinho joined Flamengo from AC Milan back in 2011 as his career, 11, uh, back in 2011 as his career at the very top of his game started to wind down. But just because he was getting a bit older didn't mean he wanted to party any less. And so he, so the Barcelona legend negotiated a clause in his contract that allowed him to go out clubbing twice a week. Jesus. <laughs> Fair play. I mean, if you're playing, if, if, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. He probably doesn't need to do too much training in the, to play in the Brazilian league after his career. But um, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I guess I, I understand that kind of stuff when you've got a world-class player, if you want to let them do that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and if they're quite prone to, I like going out, you're like, okay, well, maybe we should bring it up there. You know. Probably. Yeah, definitely. If this is how Ronaldinho operates, we should just go with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, to take it, it's not... I don't want to take it away from football, but to like to compare it to James Harden in the NBA, like obviously the Rockets. Used to, I don't know, you might probably don't know about this, Mark, but yeah, he uh, he used to go out partying. Like if they had a day off in between games, he would fly out to Vegas and go party, and then he would come back the following day and then go to the game. But Rockets were fine with that because he would do that and then drop like 40, tri- 40 point triple double that night. And be like, just just be amazing. And yeah, because because you know he could do that on a hangover somehow. But fair play. Um, but yeah, no, I I don't necessarily hate that idea from players. But to cover his own ass, fair play to one, I think. Yeah. I mean, if if it's not broken, don't fix yeah, it. Yeah, just let him do you whatever. Know, it's Ronaldinho at the end of the day, right? Yeah, you get to a certain status at a club where you can just do whatever you want. Yeah. So I am starting to see a little bit of a trend here, and I think whoever wrote this might be a Liverpool fan because there's oh, no, no games for Oxlade Chamberlain. This one's titled Liverpool's Alex Oxlade-Changelin had a rather bizarre clause written into his contract when he was at Arsenal, which in some way forced him out the door at the Emirates. Typical. Alan Gernon explained the clause in his book, The Transfer Market, The Inside Stories. A section reads, following Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's move to Arsenal in 2011, the Gunners fans became increasingly frustrated with the midfielder's lack of playing time. He was predominantly used as a substitute, often around the 71-minute mark, after his contract details emerged, it be- all became clear Arsenal were obligated to pay Southampton ten grand every time he played twenty minutes or more. Bloody hell! That's a mad clause from that's a mad clause from Southampton who have essentially just stifled any chance of of Alex Oxley Chamberlain. They were in League One at the time, by any ch- huh? They were in League One at the time, though, and it clearly made a big difference. <laughs> oh yeah for sure no, like, I completely get that but bloody hell man like that yeah I mean that's just another way of money ruins football unfortunately because that's uh, he's he's a player who if he didn't have all those injuries could have been really good yeah and if he had had is. you know more than 19 minutes of play time on a game he probably would have been more become an impact, a better player yeah see some stuff like that would, would that shit me. annoys me man that, oh, no, that makes you think like how many other how many players have weird clauses like that or like minimum oh, game time or maximum that. game time where you you're now you're thinking 
oh, why isn't the manager doing this? Because like, oh, he he can't do this because the board's not going to let him. They don't want to yeah, pay this. They want to do this. It's crazy, crazy. Oh uh, yeah, football uh, money is ruining football, man. Ruined football. Choose Abramovich, but uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, fair Dixies. enough. Fair enough, but yeah, <laughs> weird one. But what's your next one, Mark? Um, this one's titled "Watch the Way Neil Ruddock." <laughs> when Neil Razor Ruddock, when Neil Razor Ruddock joined Crystal Palace from West Ham on a free in 2000, former Eagles chairman Simon Jordan, on oh. the advice of then Iron boss Harry Redknapp, inserted Orange. a clause into the centre back's contract. The clause stipulated that Ruddock had to remain at a recommend, recommended weight of 99.8 kilograms and that he would be fined if he went over this amount. Jordan wrote in his autobiography, on approaching, to, on approaching West Ham, I discovered he was a free transfer, although he did have a weighty salary. Irony. Which was not the only weighty, <laughs> which was not the only weighty <laughs> thing about him. Harry Redknapp, the West Ham manager at the time, told me to put in a weight clause. So I decided to put a 10% penalty on the contract we were proposing to offer him if he was over the recommended weight of 99.8 kilograms, which, by the way, was still friggin' huge. Braddock apparently hit with no fewer than eight fines. Uh, <laughs> no fewer? I love that. I love that from Reddick. That's hilarious. I, I love that. I, I, actually, it anyway. I rate that. I actually rate that a lot from Simon Jordan as someone that I really don't rate at all and never have. Uh, that brilliant. is something that that's pretty mad. I like that kind of thing. Imagine um, that though. It's still, no fewer than eight fights. Yeah, that's crazy. Because I know that the Miami Heat do it um, now to get off of bloody bar, uh, football again. Sorry. Yeah. But my basketball team, uh, Miami Heat, um, you have to have under 6% body fat to play for the Miami Heat. Oh. Um, just the conditioning test and stuff like that. We don't have fatties on our team. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just rigor. I like that kind of stuff, man. I think that's wicked. I mean, but, clearly, um, clearly the, they were worried that the player had a little bit of weight issues. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Neil Ruddock. Have you seen him now? Bloody hell. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he was a beast. I love Ruddock, uh, Razor Ruddock. But, um, but yeah, no, fair enough. Um, <laughs> oh, oh anyway, moving, moving yeah. on. <laughs> what is this? Stefan Schwartz banned from space. Sunderland signed Stefan Schwartz for four million back in 1999, with the Swede putting pen on pen to paper on a standard four-year deal, with some small printing reading "Space travel would see the contract terminated." Space travel. Yes, you That's... did read that correctly. Sunderland's chief executive at the time, John Fickling, explained why on BBC Radio Five Live, saying. One of Schwartz's advisors has, indeed, got one of one of the places on the commercial flights. And we were worried that he may wish to take Stefan along with him. So we thought we'd better get things tied up now rather than at the end of the flight. It was a response, uh, reasonable request. We would normally get insurance cover for a player throughout the length of his contract. And a lot of insurance policies there are, certain exclusions such as dangerous activities. At the end of the day, we are protecting the club. It was a little bit of light-hearted moment during the protracted negotiations, but one day it could become quite acceptable to put such clauses in various contracts. I I've get not why heard about that since, but I rate it. I, I get why they did that. I mean, yeah, fair I enough. guess insurance wouldn't cover space travel, space travel, which is a bit mad. 
Yeah, I don't know what you're going to be doing in space, though. Yeah. Like, Especially when was he signing these deals? Back, back in 1999. That is going to be going on the moon or anything. Like, <laughs> they twist his ankle on Just... the moon. Oh, God. <laughs> I couldn't see oh. that crater. Jesus. Moon, you got Moon United away this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you play, oh, we no, play yeah, right? away at the Sea of Tranquility. <laughs> <laughs> no atmosphere there. No atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, the pun. I like that. I like that. Um, <laughs> gee, I'm going to move off of this. God, a terrible <laughs> pun. Actually, it was a brilliant pun, Harry. Great. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Uh, um, okay, what's what's for dinner, Rolf Crystal? Gimene? Gimene? God. It's not it's not only clubs who make unusual contract requests, as Rolf Crystal Gimene. Am I butchering his name or something? Fuck knows, mate. I don't know. I don't know who that is, mate. Proved when he signed it, for Eintracht, <laughs> Eintracht Frankfurt from Karl Schrucher in 1999. The midfielder wasn't a fan of his wife's cooking and so demanded the German club include <laughs> a clause in his contract that would see them pay for her to have lessons. Wow. <laughs> Why didn't they just pay for a chef? I don't yeah. <laughs> spent three years with iTrack Frankfurt, so it seems he got his wish. Oh, wow. Oh, she God. had three years of uh, free cooking lessons. I mean, did she request them? Did he... Did he, you know... know not like a cookie. I mean, that's a bit of an. You gotta rate yourself pretty highly to go into like a contract negotiation with that kind of. Yeah, but like, give my wife demands <laughs> cooking lessons. No, so, so these these are your wages. These are your appearances. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Can my wife have some cooking lessons? <laughs> I cannot eat a dumb. Forget all that. Forget all that. Uh, <laughs> this woman can burn water. I'm telling you, like. <laughs> Oh my god, some of these things are just ridiculous. Oh god, another name I just can't pronounce. Stigigne Bjornby. Alright, well maybe we'll skip that one. Banned from... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to call him uh, Stig. Stig. Alright. Okay. Banned from skiing. Stig was a keen skier growing up in Norway. Skiing was a passionate passion he inherited from his dad Joe Ing it's Joe and Stig apparently who competed in both 1968 Winter Olympics and Grenoble in the 1917 Winter Olympics in Japan but Liverpool quickly put a stop to all the snow based fun when Stig signed for them at, for them at Anfield Anfield Club in 1992 with a clause in his contract preventing him from skiing the clause was in place to ensure the left back didn't injure himself in his slopes I mean I, I, that's fine that's if he's fair. like a known skier then yeah, I, yeah, I'd be like, well, whilst you play for us, Makes you can't sense, yeah. ski. Like, yeah. yeah, he doesn't have to sign the contract, does he? No. True. Would you rather yeah, do no, I completely field? agree with that. I mean, if you've got a player going, yeah, no, I'm really good, yeah, yeah, but I like to do really dangerous things all the time. <laughs> They're like, well, don't, because we're paying you a lot of money to be alive. Anyway. Yeah, that would be kind of weird. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to have any like extreme hobbies, I guess. If you no, you could be like, oh, I like to go rock climbing. Yeah. Like, you can't even really get drunk very often if you're a top, top club. Yeah. Unless you have like one or, two, one or two light beers every once in a while. Yeah, Ronaldinho used to get slaughtered. Georgie <laughs> um, Best. Georgie Best, yeah, he Jeez. was definitely pissed a lot on the pitch, but that's <laughs> that's the way we like it. Yeah, true. Uh, I remember a good, sorry to uh, just a really no, quote from George Best. 
Um, it was like something like it was something to do with like someone asked me the other day, what would I rather do? Beat beat Liverpool. Uh, yeah. uh, beat Liverpool in the something in the whatever the final, and then um, shag Miss Universe. He was like, well, luckily I've done both, so uh, <laughs> I could. I was just like, okay, yeah, George Best is sick, man. But um, I can't remember what the final was. I think it was like yeah, like an FA Cup final or something like that or whatever. But yeah. Um, oh, shade. Luckily, I've done both. So, yeah, luckily, I've done both. So, it doesn't matter. So, this is the last one Spence Pryor and the Sheep Testicle. Sounds like a book. Wow. When Spence. <laughs> 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 I would read that book. I don't read very often at all, but I would read that. Uh, so, this reads When Spencer Pryor signed for Cardiff from Manchester City in 2001, a bizarre clause was inserted into his contract that required him to have a physical liaison with a sheep and eat sheep testicles. What? what? A physical liaison? Yeah, that's what it's... Is this a, it's... It's just a joke? <laughs> is it a joke one they smack in there? Uh, maybe, I'm hoping. Was this physical liaison the... with sheep? <laughs> then the Cardiff... Cardiff made him check a sheep. Then Cardiff chairman way. Sam, Sam Hammam Explained at the time, it's simple. With Spencer being non-Welsh, he needs to prove that to, to the people. Yeah, that's a piss. This is a joke. Then that's he, a piss <laughs> then he understands the play. Then he became a true leader. That's got to be a piss day. I mean, oh, I was so excited by the it. title of this story. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the sheet testicles. I'm about to look into that if that's. Well, do, they, do they eat sheet testicles in in uh, Wales? See what I've got my phone out. No, oh, I, I believe they they might have physical liaisons. I don't know about the eating. I'm going to Google this now. Spencer Pryor. That's nuts, man. Spencer. That's got to be bullshit. It is. That's fully bullshit, mate. <laughs> that is outrageous. Uh, the first thing's come up. Oh, Spencer this, Pryor. Is this all she... from the same article? Yeah, it was. Oh, or is, okay, oh, I was going to say. If it... It, I've just <laughs> Googled Spencer Pryor sheep and it just pops up. BBC Sport. Spencer Pryor has been ordered to eat sheep testicles after signing for Cardiff City. The 30-year-old defender joined the Bluebirds, blah, 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 was not prepared for some of the clauses. Well, that's actually on BBC Sport. That's on BBC Sport. Okay, it's real. Fair well, enough. Was this, was this in his contract or was this just like an initiation he had to do? I don't know. Spencer Pryor has been offered to eat, has been, has been ordered to eat sheep's testicles. What is going on? What is Another going condition on stipulates that he must have a physical liaison with the sheep during his time at Nianian Park. What is... The crazy terms were dreamt up by Cardiff Supremo Sam Hammond. The former Wimbledon chairman is no stranger to madcap behaviour after witnessing ritual soakings, burning and beatings during his time at Plough Lane in, at, and Selhurst Park. Is this a cult or saying? Or what the know. hell is I'm this? So it's Cardiff football team. This is actually on BBC Sport. There must be like some truth to it. <laughs> right, yeah, that, this has blown my mind. Mate. I'm trying to like. I need to I get more. I don't think we can top that. I, was... I don't think we can top that with these contract things anymore. The that Guardian. Fucking real. The Guardian. That's what real. Okay. What? That's unreal. Right. Um, I think that's a good place to leave it that's... there, boys. I'm not going to lie with the bloody testicles. Uh, I don't know if I'll be recovered by next episode. No, I don't think We're going to so have to bring this up next week and let Sarah know and see what she thinks. Yeah, definitely. Speaking All right. Well, of... on, on that note of sheep's testicles, 
um i'll yeah like and subscribe guys <laughs> thank you for watching the episode uh just to let you know um you will be obviously this will go up on youtube next week well uh, for us it'll be next yeah. week sometime yeah. right but yeah uh, in the meantime we will have some uh older episodes going up on the spotify so make sure to check that out at footy fetish uh yeah for next week's episode we do have um sarah a good friend of ours who was a leicester fan she's also a big film critic sort of nerd i guess i would say she's big into her film she knows her she knows her cinephile stuff, cinephile that's a good word for it um yeah she knows her stuff about films and that is and that's because and that's well i fucked that up massively haven't i uh, and that's <laughs> why we are doing our top what is it top five I think we originally said top 10, but that's a lot of films. That's a lot of films. I don't know. Well, we'll figure it out. And But it's going to be our favourite, you know, a list, a ranking of our favourite football movies. Um, so, yeah, expect to see some good old classics in there. Uh, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to re-watching quite a few. Like Goal, mm. Football yeah. Factory. I'm looking forward to getting... Green Street. Green well. Street's on Netflix. Mm, Green, Green, Green Street. Street. Um, Street. Uh, what, Football what about Factory? Football Factory or Green Street? Did you say you forgot about I forgot both of them. I oh my both. god! They're both great. Uh, what yeah, about? I'll save this here's, for next week. Well, here's, here's, save it for the episode, Mark. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, we've already said too much. We're, yeah, we're, we're teasing. <laughs> we're, too, we're teasing too much. But uh, yeah, no, sweet. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Thank you, Harry and uh, Mark, for for coming and chatting and giving our our top tens we'll get onto the top 10 defenders in a couple of weeks i'm sure we'll spread these out a little bit but yeah um thanks everyone for watching like and subscribe hit that notification bell so you can be notified when we've uploaded all right cheers guys boom, thanks boom 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 follow follow boom, boom, follow, boom. follow 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 <laughs>